Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. I am in such trouble this morning. I am really, I am in it, as the proverb says. Just before we came out, uh, we were sat having breakfast, and uh, Morwenna's been talking to me about extending her little vegetable garden. And I'd been mulling it over and thinking about various ways I could do that. And I'd come up with a plan. And so over breakfast this morning, with the vegetable plot just in sight through our patio doors, I said to her, I think what I'll do is this. I'll extend it half the depth and half the width in that direction and half the width and half the depth in that direction. And doing it that way, I'll need this much materials, and you'll still be able to get round and reach everything. Whereas if I do it some other way, I have a feeling there's going to be a bit in the middle, but you're not going to be able to reach. And she said, no, no, I can't quite visualise what you're saying. So a bit later on, only a few minutes later, she said, I need to go out and water it, so come out and show me. So I went out into the hall, following Morwenna, out towards the garden, and I said, hang on, I just need to slip on a pair of shoes. And I slipped on a pair of shoes that I'm only allowed to wear for gardening, or things like that. And I said, I'll change them when I come back in and I forgot but the reason I forgot is because once you've got them on they're an old pair of shoes and they're comfortable in fact you forget you've got them on whereas the newer pair of trainers are still stretching a bit they're a bit tight in places and you know you've got them on but these when I put them on I forget about yeah they've got mud up the side yeah, it's just so I'm in real trouble I'm not meant to wear these in public so please forgive me but the reason I mention it is not to embarrass my wife or to draw attention to the shoes but actually just to say that sometimes we can be so comfortable with things that we forget we've got them on. Many of you will know that uh, over, just over a week ago I spent some time down in Brighton at our International Leaders Conference. And I know a few of you have come in previous years and you know that it is a key part of the year for our family of churches, New Frontiers. It's often a time of reflection on what God has been doing amongst us and preparation for where he is taking us together. 
And this year was no different in that respect. But it was very different in terms of scale. Not that the conference was particularly bigger. Between the leadership conference and mobilise our, our student and 20 conference, which goes on at the same time, there were about 5,000 delegates, and they'd come in from 41 of the 60 nations that we're currently working in. But this year, the scale of what was in front of us was altogether different. But to put it in context, we need to just remind ourselves of a little history. Those of you who've been around a while will know that we are part of a family of about 860 churches around the world who are held together because we share a common vision and values. And we've come to know that as New Frontiers. And it came primarily from the ministry and the vision of one man, Terry Virgo, a man of God who many of us hold in extremely high regard and esteem for what he has achieved with God. When he started his first church in Seaford on the south coast, Terry felt God commission him to change the expression of Christianity around the world. No small feat for a small church. But in the space of some 40 years, that has really started to happen. As others have joined him on that mission, as the family of churches have grown, it's beginning to look possible. The conference this year focused on what is going to be a huge time of change within New Frontiers. As Terry, as Terry steps back from his work with us, but in fact up, not into retirement, because he's been asked to get more involved with several other streams of churches around the world who have seen what he has brought to the church and asked for his input. As he starts to work with the next generation of leaders who take up the reins around the world. It was a time of reflection on everything that God has done amongst us. And there was some sadness with Terry stepping back in that way. But it was also a time for looking forward in faith at what is still to come. You could say it was the end of one era and the start of the next. And as I sat in sessions at Brighton, I couldn't help but feel the same is true on a smaller scale for us here in Doncaster. We've had a number of significant prophecies this year about entering a new phase. About the beginning game of a game of chess being over and starting to play the middle game. We've had others of a similar theme. And with all that is on the horizon before us at the moment, I think that's true. 
purpose of this morning, rather than preach directly from a text, I want to speak from my heart just a little about where I hope we are going to go together in the autumn. Change. You know, not many people are truly comfortable with the prospect of change. And uh, over the years, if you look back through church history, the church has seen some periods of huge change. There's the Reformation. There's the Wesleyan Revival. There's the start of Pentecostalism. And those are just two or three examples. But often they are followed by periods of relative stability. When you talk to psychologists, they even categorise people. They categorise people on the way they deal with change, how they cope with it. And it gives you some big clues as to your type of personality. But whether you're sat here as an early adapter, a slow adopter, or somewhere in the middle with the bulk... We know, if we're honest with ourselves, that change is here to stay. The interesting thing is that whilst we see change as something that's negative and we're cautious of, I don't think God looks upon it in that way. In fact, it's been when his people are resistant to change that we've seen stagnation, and decline often set in. All through the Bible we see change, often on a dramatic scale, as God has prepared a people, built a nation, that would eventually bring forth his son. Right from the outset, the Bible talks about change. At the creation of the universe, there was a change on an unparalleled scale. God brought change to a lifeless, empty universe. And then over those following days, he continued to form it and fill it with life. And the universe was never the same again. Abraham. Abraham was a change bringer. He transformed his people into being a covenant people. Children of a promise held to their God by an oath. Joshua lived in that sort of time. A time of change. Because having spent all of his life as a part of a nomadic people wandering the wilderness, suddenly the people of God were going to have their own land. The land they'd been promised to a generation or more before. And that change affected their lifestyle. It affected their living patterns in all kinds of ways. They started farming. They started agriculture. Rather than relying on the daily manna and the quail that God had provided to sustain them in the wilderness. It affected their housing, their communities, and so much more. And as they stood on the edge of that change, 
God told Joshua to be bold and courageous. At Brighton, the first three sessions were on courage. And I'd say they are well worth listening to. I'm going to move on. Missing out loads and loads of examples. And then we come to the cross. And as Jesus hung and died on it, as he was resurrected a few days later, Christ changed the effect of the law on our lives forever. It was the start of another era. Mankind had been redeemed, set free and reconciled with God. There was a new covenant formed. And then as little as a couple of weeks later, as the disciples gathered in that room and waited, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And we see a major change in them. God's Spirit dwells in men, empowered, strengthened, and emboldened. The church, as it was born, would never be the same as those early disciples were before. These were all new era moments in God's plan. We really shouldn't be surprised when we see change. Because God's kingdom is advancing. And you know, you never see advance without change. In his account, Matthew tells us that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcibly advancing, and forceful men take hold of it. Forceful men take hold of it. Not forceful in the way we think, but men like Gideon acutely aware of their own limitations but prepared to follow what God commanded if you want to hear a really good account of Gideon's faith as a reluctant leader listen to the leaders session 2 by Joel Virgo that's on the New Frontiers website from the conference so how do we take hold of the kingdom simple by being forceful men, bold and courageous like Joshua, full of faith like Gideon. And as we look forward to the autumn, there are changes coming up for us. As a leadership team, we've been considering the things that God has been saying to us. Many of the prophetic words have had a constant theme of late. That we are at the end of one phase and the start of another. And so we feel we are entering a phase of building on the foundation that has been laid. One of the things we felt was on our heart was to look in faith to be gathering 50 people by Christmas. When we talked about that, it was only a few weeks ago. Although it seemed right, we felt it on our hearts, it also looked like quite a task. 
It felt as though we were looking for almost a doubling in size in just a few weeks in the autumn. But even now, a few weeks later, as we've looked around over the past few weeks, we have consistently been over 30. And adding the people that we knew were away, we could have been 40. Now I look and I think, is 50 enough of a challenge? Isn't it surprising how your perspective on things change? But we shouldn't be surprised because we've prayed and God has answered. But neither can we afford to allow complacency to creep in. If we're going to have the increasing influence and impact in this town that our vision as a church says, we need to grow then beyond 50. So we don't need to take our foot off the pedal as we get close. And so as I talk this morning about the changes in the autumn, they're all made with growth in mind. The first won't come as any surprise. It's venue. We've all been aware that we found it hard not having a suitable venue for some of our activities. Rachel's been working hard at gathering a small group of young people in Edenthorpe, but has nowhere to take it when it becomes too big for a home. Plugged In has put us in contact with another 70 or 80 teens and 20s. But we've got nowhere to extend that work. Our monthly prayer meetings have occasionally felt almost too big for a home. Our worship group would love to practice together more often to sharpen their gifting, to fan it into flame, but have nowhere suitable. Finding a venue that suits us well as a church remains a high priority. It's too early to tell where our discussions with Carhouse Methodist Church will go. Without wanting to sound like a sci-fi film, tomorrow in many ways brings first contact. But if that moves forward... It's going to require change. We need to remain every bit as flexible and welcoming as we are at the moment. Conscious of the sensitivities of others. So can I just ask you, if you do come tomorrow evening, just be careful not to use one particular word. Take over. Right, just... We need to hold fast to our vision, our key values, and our distinctives. But wherever we're meeting, this year we want to make Christmas a key feature in our plans. The past couple of years, it somewhat crept up on us. Which it shouldn't do, should it? Let's be honest, we know when it is, and we know when it's coming. But somehow it has. And so whether we're still using this venue, 
or whether we're at Car House, in which case it would be an excellent opportunity to really launch our presence there. We want to hold a Christmas guest service or launch event. And Abby has agreed... She's not in the room. Good. Um, Abby has agreed to lead on that and pull things together. I was going to look and just confirm she was nodding at me. But she's not here, so she can't argue, can she? Steve Hurd has agreed to come over to us once a month in the autumn. We know Steve and Ruth from days when they were in Bedford um, some 15 or 20 years ago. And um, they were at Brickhill Baptist Church. But since then, they helped plant the church into St Neots. And then they went themselves planting City Church in York. And they've now moved on again, planting into Huddersfield. Steve has a real heart for evangelism. And he's offered to just come over and strengthen us in that area. He's going to come over once each month on a Wednesday evening. And so what we're going to do is rearrange our powerhouse evenings to coincide with that with those visits. I think they're going to be really encouraging evenings as we pray, as we learn from Steve in the build-up to Christmas. I want to encourage you to make those evenings a priority, please. Equally, we'll be continuing to have one monthly prayer meeting on a Sunday evening. The biggest change we feel we want to make is to small groups. Through a number of circumstances, we've actually ended up with one not-so-small group. Yeah? Bearing in mind that we are in face for growth in the autumn and the spring, we would love people to get fully involved in small groups as well as the church. And so we feel we need to change this. Otherwise, it really will become one large group. And so with growth in mind, we're going to stop that current group and launch four new groups in September. Sue and Betty have agreed to continue to lead one of the groups. And that will be over in the Edenthorpe Kirk Sandal area. Actually, I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank them for the really hard work they have already put in in the group they've been running. And Martin and Corinne, who've been hosting that group quite a bit, have agreed to assist them in running the group. In some ways, this is recognising what has already been happening. But it's great that they're going to take that on with Sue and Betty. As we've talked to Tim and Catherine, they have a real heart to try and reach some of those in their 20s. And we'd love to see them do that. It's called the missing generation in a lot of churches. But actually, when I was working out our age groups in the church, we're fairly evenly represented. But Christianity magazine a couple of months ago said 
Where is this generation in the church? You only have to go to mobilise to find they're alive and well. But they're going to lead a new group predominantly aimed at that age group. And they're going to be assisted by Joel and Abby and Rachel. And this sits so well along plug, alongside Plugged In, particularly as they launch Plugged In Alpha in the autumn. Bob and Becky have agreed to launch a new group. It's going to be on the east side of town for those who live out that way. And we hope that that is going to bring us into contact with a whole new circle of people. And then Morwenna and I, together with Chris and Jackie, are going to be running a new group in this part of town. Now, this is where, when we were talking about it, we hit a bit of a dilemma. We feel the need for four, four groups to allow for growth. But how do we ensure that everyone doesn't put their gardening shoes on? Just keep going where they're comfortable. Morwenna would say you hide the shoes. Okay, is that right? In fact, she hid a different pair of my shoes this morning um, because she didn't want me wearing those. Um, which is probably why I've ended up with these on. Just, it didn't work, did it? Anyway... How do we ensure that everyone doesn't just keep going to the one group that they're used to? You know, you can hear it, can't you? Change. Humbug. Now, we want to do this in grace. But we felt the need to balance things out a little. So what we've intended to do is over the next few weeks, you're going to get invited to a particular group. Now, this isn't cast in stone. But what we would ask you to do is try that group first for a few weeks. If you really don't think it's the group for you and you'd be happier somewhere else, then come and talk to one of us about it. And we'll see what we can do. But, you know, really, we just want to stop Tim and Catherine being swamped by all of us who still like to feel that we're in our 20s. Yeah? I know you got the message. For those of you who've joined us recently, in the autumn we're going to be running a membership course. Uh, particularly, that will be relevant if you want to get more involved. And we'll give more details of that out in September change. I hope you can see that these changes are solidly built on what we feel God is saying to us and doing amongst us. We're not just trying something different. It's in response to prophetic words about a change of phase for us as a church. It's about having seen answers to prayer and recognising the need to change. It's from an underlying desire to be forceful men, to see the kingdom advance in Doncaster as well as the rest of the world. 
And my application this morning is simple. Let's behave like forceful men, embrace the changes, be bold and courageous, be in faith for the growth that we've been promised. And let's take hold of God's advancing kingdom and see Doncaster start to change in the process. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk 